Hello, everybody. Welcome to Two Nuts in a Pod. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Emery. And as usual, we have a special guest today. Emery, would you like to introduce our guest? I will introduce the special guest today. It is Aaron Matta. Hello. Hello, Aaron. <laughs> I've known Aaron for several years, uh, probably since 2008. So that would be 13 years. Hello, math. I can do it. Oh, and so we've known each other for a little while uh, since college days. And Aaron lives here in Louisville, born and raised. Yep. 31 years old. Has a little child who is how old? Four and a half. Four and a half years mm-hmm. old. And works for a large uh, company here in town. And we are just glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. We've been having fun in the studio today. Yeah. <laughs> a little too much fun. We're living it up. Yeah. Warming me up. We were doing little like news segment sounds. Ding, 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 ding. Tonight at six o'clock. Tonight. Two knots in a pod. I don't know why. That's my radio voice. You all have better radio voices than me. Mine was kind of a 1950s thing going. I don't know what that was. Um, uh, so, well, now we're distracted. Uh, yeah, we did. T- we talked about several things, like um, Aaron's creepy child. <laughs> yeah, Aaron's kid is a little creepy, it turns out. So can I you tell he the story? I to this. <laughs> can you tell the story of his creepiness? Of his creepiness? Which one? <laughs> Where he crawls the into wake, bed with me? Yeah, the waking you up. Yeah, he, uh, he likes to sometimes come into my bed. I'm a newly single mom now, so it's just him and I and my creepy apartment and he came into bed one time at like 10 30 after and thought he was well asleep and he was talking to me about siren head which you all don't know about but you will i'm going to show you all some siren head videos it's a character it's a character it's like slender man but his head has tornado sirens so my kid is obsessed with tornadoes so he likes destruction and apparently he likes that siren head kills people so he asked me in the middle of the night, Mommy, why do I like that Siren Head kills people? Because <laughs> you're a sociopath, baby. <laughs> I'm like, well, because you are my child. <laughs> and that's what we do. Ooh, that's fun. <laughs> Good so, stuff. yeah. But yeah, also, Aaron and I have a little uh, fun, fun little tidbit here. Is uh, a few years ago, I had a costume idea. I wanted to dress as a bride. And I just asked uh, Facebook. And Aaron said, hey. I've got a wedding dress for you to wear, and she let me borrow a wedding dress, and I was a killer bride for <laughs> Halloween. So I wore a really, it was really nice. It was really pretty. I feel like dress. this is like foreshadowing of like what's to come in 2021 <laughs> yeah. for me. Or me. You like, knew at I'm, the time, you're like, hmm. I don't care about this wedding dress. I don't know why, but I don't care about yeah, it. And I told him, I was like, but it already has blood on it, right? Yeah, it's wink, got, wink. It's, it's got, <laughs> wink, wink. It's got some blood on it. It's all making sense to me. I'm gonna be like, baby, you know, I totally understand why you're crazy. You're just like your mom. And I told, I told Lizzie and Aaron my like motto with this costume, and they, neither one of them seemed impressed. But hopefully, I can. I was t- impressed. Hopefully, I can tell you all now, and like people <laughs> listening are like, oh man, that's so creative and funny. It was. So, I was a killer bride, and I said he broke my heart so i ate his because there was blood coming down from my chin and mouth and onto my neck and i thought that was kind of i liked it it's okay. very kill bill i'm into it yeah mm-hmm. okay well really cool. you all just didn't you didn't have a overwhelmingly positive response <laughs> so i was just like okay i guess it sucked <laughs> so hopefully listeners will be like yeah that's a cool idea or they'll just also think it sucks i was just more concerned about I what like happened it. to my wedding dress which it's still in your 
parents' closet. Yeah, it's at my it's at my parents' house, just in one of their closets. They're just like, well, I guess we're keeping this for Emery for whenever down the road, whatever he decides to do with his life. Here, Emery's future bride, we have a dress for you. Or here, Emery, here's your wedding fits. dress that yeah. you're gonna wear. You said you looked so good in it. <laughs> but we have to get down to business before yeah. we get into the show. So you're listening to Two Nuts in a Bottle, 1065 Forward Radio. You can listen to us anytime at forwardradio.org. You can also find us on streaming services, CastBox, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Couldn't remember the last one. <laughs> we're also on streaming. Jeez, I'm already messed up. We're on, we're on social <laughs> media platforms, Facebook and Instagram. Facebook is Two Nuts in a Pod with the number two spelled out, T-W-O. And Instagram is Two Nuts in a Pod with just the number two, because it's cool and hip Instagram. Pew, pew. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. <laughs> and then you can also email us anytime, day or night, 24-7 at two nuts in a podcast at gmail.com. And as we said before, we will answer between one and 100 days. One of our guaranteed. 24 interns. Guaranteed oh, response. Oh, we have 24 now. Wow. Yeah, we added eight since last week. We're so really stacking them up. We're just always adding interns, not paying them because we literally don't have any money <laughs> but i got i got a way that you can win money that's what a, right what a tell me how what tell a, me how what an incredible segue i'm doing uh you could join the zoom talent show that we're doing 106.5 louisville 4 radio is doing a zoom talent show it's a 100 dollar cash prize think of all the things that you can do with 100 dollars i mean has anyone ever even seen one hundred dollars. I haven't. No, no. So none of us have even seen <laughs> If it's above a hundred, I'm using my credit card. <laughs> yeah. So imagine what you can do with a hundred dollars cold hard cash. For more information and to sign up, go to forwardradio.org. You can do any talent. You can sing. You can dance. You're going to do it through, you know, Zoom. So you're not doing it in, in front of a bunch of people. You can. What are other talents? You can do magic. Uh, cooking demo. You yodel. Can do a cooking it have to demo. be fast. <laughs> it's got to be four you minutes. Can yodel. Yodel. Yes. yes. Yodel. Belching you contest. Tap dance. You could belch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Belching's fun. Do if, tornado siren sounds. Yeah, your your son <laughs> mm-hmm. could just do sounds from a tornado, <laughs> and he wins a hundred dollars. <laughs> um, and that's so that's for, for our fourth birthday. Because uh, we are turning four this year. We started broadcasting in April 2017. And we have our fourth birthday pledge drive, which is March 27th through April 9th. And that's to raise funds to ensure that we stay on the air. Uh, and that's, you know, all your support, of course, is very much appreciated. And the talent show is April 10th at 7 p.m. So if you want to sign up, for radioorg $100. Yeah, do it. Better do it. That's good business, efficient. Mm-hmm. I liked it. And that segue was perfect. A lot of people are going to really yeah. think how good that segue I was. I remember yeah. that. It was killer. They're going to be like, that's a really good segue. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of you, man. <laughs> Thanks, proud Lizzie. Of you. Proud of you. Gosh, I'm getting, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> I really appreciate it. <laughs> so that's so, all the business. So first segment then, how are you for real? So this is when we talk about how we are actually doing, guys, because we don't just want to hear that you're fine. Um, that's a BS answer that society makes us feel like we have to give, but we actually want to hear, like, are you good? Why are you good? Tell us that secret. Are you bad? 
good i am too let's talk about that so we just want to hear welcome to the club we just want to hear the whole spectrum and the sadder the better really oh we want it to be really sad like if you're going to talk to one of us it's got to be sad we're a couple of saddos so if if you can make us sadder then you really you've won our hearts but they could say a bunch of happy stuff they could say a bunch of happy stuff and that makes us more sad that's true. Yeah, you could make us sad. So happy okay. that you want to cry. Yeah, yeah. that would be great. You all look like tough to crack. I don't think I could make you all cry. Oh, I cry pretty easily. Really? It's, <laughs> yeah. pretty, it's pretty hard to you make me cry. Me. Yeah. I've cried in front of Emo a, mm-hmm. a couple times now, I think. That was, was on like, the same oh, I day I, I cried cry in front today. of you twice. <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> I was trying to fight it away, and I was just like, I can't. <laughs> I can't do I it. I cry when other people cry. I'm like... Don't cry. It's okay. Like, let me take your tears away from you. I don't know what even makes me cry. What uh, makes me cry? I don't know. Onions. Cutting onions. Dude, okay, yeah, you're right. Cutting onions does make me cry. I actually hate doing it. Yeah. I thought about getting one of those, like, food processors. Is that a thing where yeah. you just throw food into something and mm-hmm. chops it up for you? Yeah, you or have you can to, get the slap you, chop. Yeah, you have to get it into, like, pretty small pieces. I don't know if a food processor would work for onions, because usually you've got to you just Sucked have to chop them, them cuz you don't sucks. a food processor is just going to make them really really small maybe i'll buy the little thing that already has the onions cut up i know it's probably like 4 dollars more expensive at the grocery yeah, store you could but do that. honestly i'm tired you of pay cry. for convenience but mm-hmm. i knew i do know a trick i'll tell you later about how to prevent crying from cutting onions Hell no. yeah, tell us now i yeah. think the audience okay. needs well, to know <laughs> when you cut it you're supposed to have a wet paper towel n- nearby so when you cut into the onion every cut you make you're supposed to wipe your knife off into the wet paper towel oh. i know it sounds kind of inconvenient but like every at least every big chop and then once you do like the smaller chops where you're chop, 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 you know <laughs> They can't see me, but <laughs> you know you don't have to wipe it after every little chop. But yeah, supposedly okay. like keeping a wet napkin nearby, it kind of like absorbs it instead of your eye tear ducts. Wow, because okay, onions are great. That. That's basically onions' defense mechanism is that they give off this like crazy whatever that makes your Ooh. eyes water. Honestly, how dare you, onions? Yeah, Come on, like, it's like so way d- to be a jerk, onions. <laughs> You're so rude. We're just trying to eat you. Yeah. <laughs> We're just trying you. to enjoy your body. <laughs> <laughs> We're just trying to cease your existence. <laughs> just stop making us cry. Quit making us cry. Okay, no, but we... we've established on this show that I can cry very easily. And we actually talked about it for the talent show, is that mm-hmm. maybe Emo and I would just idea. hop on there and have a good cry. Yeah, there you go. Have a good, you know, it's like a four-minute time segment, just have a cry. Yeah. And we would win a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, because people would be impressed and be like, "Those guys just <laughs> humiliated the themselves. <laughs> they need this more than we do." Those yeah. guys that are uncontrollably crying, like I just feel sorry for them. Please give them the hundred dollars. Yeah, and I'll ugly cry too. <laughs> <laughs> you got a glob on the mascara and yeah. have the black tears. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. Um, so how are you for real? Let's, let's start this off. Emery, you want to, you want to kick things off for us? Are you asking me how I am? How are you for real? Okay. (laughs) I am feeling a little spunky. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I don't know why, because it's kind of a cruddy day. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a little, little gloomy outside, uh, a little rainy too, but I just, I feel in a pretty positive mood. I, um... Yeah, things in life are going are pretty okay. Like even, 
there's like stressful things that are happening and things that are frustrating, but I just like, it just kind of just rolling with it, you know? I don't know how, like how to explain that because generally in life, when something really stressful and crappy happens, it just like adds on to the plate and it just gets worse and worse and worse. And now I'm just like, whatever, just break the plate. I don't care. So like, <laughs> I just, it really hasn't bothered me as much. And I guess it maybe just be one of those days where I feel pretty spunky and, you know, I like being in the studio with, with Lizzie and our guests, so it's always fun. Um, but, yeah, I feel pretty good. I am going into work for the first day in person tomorrow. Ooh. Yeah, so I'm pretty – I'm a little nervous about that. Uh, obviously nervous with the coronavirus. I have not been vaccinated yet and would like a vaccination. That would be nice. So a little nervous to start off work for the first time in person. That will be the first time in person in a year. And that is just very weird to me. But then I – when my boss first told me the news, I was like, oh, man, this really stresses me out. This gives me a lot of anxiety. And then I was like, okay, let me flip it a little bit. Let me see why this is positive. And so I started to think of all the things. I was like, all right, this is actually going to be very beneficial. I'll have a, a good structure. I have to change a few things. But really, in a lot of ways, I'm going to like it a lot. So I think it's going to help me with my work. I think it's going to help me with my mental health. So overall, I think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. So I was just able to convince myself. Like at first I was like, this sucks. Well, change is always, it, even if it's a good change, change is stressful. Yeah, change is stressful. And so I had to kind of convince myself like, oh, wait, Emery, you're going to, I think you're going to really like this change. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing that. We're going to be safe. I have my own little office. Obviously, I'll wear a mask around everybody. Uh, I won't really be seeing a whole lot of people though. But, but yeah, so I'm feeling a little anxious there. And then just overall, I had a pretty good weekend, uh, saw friends, saw people I care about a lot, and yeah, I had good conversations, good good camaraderie with people, and it was just a, it's been nice lately, so it's, can't really complain too much. And I'm really, I'm okay with the weather getting warmer, too. I know that I'm, if you listen to the show often, I'm kind of a, a cold, cold weather boy, really like the cold, like love it when it's just like, you look outside and it's just like gray and dark and cold and everything's <laughs> dead. And that just makes me happy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I know that makes a lot of people miserable. But I actually really like it. Uh, but I'm, I'm okay with the weather changing and getting warmer. And I'm kind of excited about it. Because also, like, the pandemic, you know, like, it's still obviously here. But, like, things are slowing down. People are getting vaccinated. We're way smarter about it, everything now. Like, we have more resources and connections. And, you know, everything's just better. And you just you feel hopeful. So I feel, you know, spunky, hopeful, all sorts of stuff. That's great. I'm happy for you. Thank you. I'm as happy as I can be for someone else being happy when I'm not happy. (laughs) 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 I'm happy-ish. Yeah, no, I I appreciate it very much, though. I'm like, I'm happy for you. (laughs) Oh, good for you. (laughs) Perfect. I'm glad your life is so great. Uh... But usually when I'm spunky, like spunky and playful, that's like when I'm the best, when I'm the happiest, when I'm doing the best. Yeah. If you see me joking around a lot, being playful, being silly, like I'm in a good spot. And that's generally who I am. Mm -hmm. Very silly, very playful and jokey. So like, you know, I like that part. Um, So yeah, feel pretty good. So Lizzie, how are you for real? I am, I feel like I'm doing better each week. I don't know. I kind of took a dip this week with my anxiety where I'm adjusting to being back in the office a couple days a week. And that's like, that's been a little bit uncomfortable just because my body is not used to it. Like I was talking before we started recording, like I have really during COVID, 
I have gotten very inactive, just very lazy. And so, like, I've gotten very comfortable with being able to roll out of bed and just sort of start working. Mm-hmm. So having to go through some extra steps, like I'm going to the office, like I need to put on my big girl pants and like, <laughs> you know, eat breakfast and like, just be a person. And that caused a little anxiety for me. I just felt some resistance in my body to it because I'm not used to it anymore. It'll be different as we, right now I'm doing like two days a week in the office. And then once, once I start adding days onto that, I know it'll get easier and easier. Um, but with COVID I've just become like, with my depression too, I just have become extremely lazy, like just violently lazy. <laughs> and it's interesting to violently lazy, violently, yes. like offensively, like, wow, <laughs> like how could a person move so little? Mm-hmm. I, that's me. That's what I'm doing. Um, yeah. but you know, I've still, I still have been pretty social more so i realize i've been more social than i usually am in the winter usually i have a hibernation period where my seasonal depression gets so bad that i just kind of like hide out and nobody sees me for several weeks but um i haven't really done that during covid because i feel like i've been so i've felt so socially isolated working from home that i i want to see people on the weekends I think so I actually our, force myself. Our social bubble too has been pretty good. Like yeah. we, you know, ever since quarantine and COVID began, like we've had a little bubble of friends who have just kind of stayed connected, and you know, it's obviously it keeps us safe too, and but also keeps us like, you know, talking with each other and checking in on each other. So that's been nice. So, yeah, yeah, we had a nice, we had a little bonfire situation on Friday night. Mm. My friends got a, our friend Devin has a fire pit and. We just sat out there, and I realized, like, a fire pit is just the chillest thing ever. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like it has a similar effect on my body as, like, a hot tub. Yeah. Where I just kind of feel like it just puts me into this, like, relaxed mode. And we had our dog there with us, too, and she was even chill around mm-hmm. the fire. It was just, like, calming her down as well. She yeah. was just sitting in people's laps, and um, that was really nice. That was like a highlight of my weekend and getting to see my nephew this morning, which was good too. But yeah, and overall, I would say I'm getting better. I'm I'm not getting better as fast as I would like because that's kind of how my brain works is when I start to get better when I've been in a really bad like depressive or anxious period and I start to come out of it. Um Sometimes I get so excited at first that I'm like, I'm getting better, that I just want everything to be fixed immediately. Yeah. And then I like put this microscope on my life and I'm like too picky about things. (laughs) So I have to remember, like, I'm getting gradually better and this is just part of the process and it doesn't mean that it's going to be perfect and it doesn't mean I'm not going to have bad days still, Mm -hmm. but I am getting better and... That feels good because it was, you know, I feel like I said this last winter, too, that it it just got really dark. Mm -hmm. Um, But it did in different ways this time. It wasn't the depression this year. It was the anxiety that really got me. Yeah. Um, But I'm coming out of it and still doing therapy every week. So we're making it work. That's good to hear. Yeah. It's good to hear. So... Aaron, 
<laughs> How are you for real? Oh, such a loaded question. <laughs> well, I was I was taking some notes and I'm like, how am I for real? I'm tired, but I'm hopeful. As Emery pointed out, you're mm -hmm. hopeful. I'm in the same boat just because the past year has been very challenging, obviously for many. Um, but with me and my personal life, I feel like the past six to eight months or so have been like a personal hell for me. So it's, I, I feel like I'm starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel, especially with like the weather starting to change. And um, I was actually sick, I told you all uh, last week, and it just like knocked me out cold. And so I'm still kind of recovering, but like I said, it's not COVID. That was totally negative, thank God. Um, so. I'm just trying to take things like day by day because it is a process and I'm giving myself grace because I've been so overwhelmed, like drowning. And I've been drowning with a smile on my, fa my face and I'm so sick of it. So I'm like, I'm just trying to like take everything in, process it because there's a lot going on. But now I, I feel like I'm finally coming out of the darkness. I, I can see the light, like we're getting there. So, like I said, tired, but hopeful. I don't think I'll ever not be tired, especially yeah. with, you know, we lose lose an hour last night. So, mm. it'll take me a week to not be tired, maybe. But um, I'm going to try to maintain the hopefulness as much, as long as I can. Well, I, like the, I like the part of giving yourself grace, too. I mean... Mm -hmm. I think during this whole period has been really difficult for people and just to realize regardless of what's on your plate and what's happening, like, you know, be, be gentle and kind with yourself mm -hmm. because like, you know, <laughs> you have to be because mm -hmm. otherwise you are going to drown. Yeah. And so I think that's really important that you are mm -hmm. continuing to do that. Yep. It's like, as long as I make it to the end of the day and I can tuck my son in bed, like I made it. Like I, made it. Mm -hmm. I successfully had a good day even if it wasn't really a good day like in my heart like I did what I needed to do mm -hmm. everybody's happy healthy safe not maybe not happy but <laughs> healthy and safe. Yeah. hopefully my son's happy but you know uh, so yeah, yeah. he's not thinking of weird stuff <laughs> <laughs> he's happily like, creepy <laughs> I guess yeah he's happily creepy yeah. so uh yeah just taking things day by day that's all you can do yeah so. Well, and I feel like, too, the past year, like, we've all been just, like, redefining what normal feels like. Mm -hmm. And so it's just having to really, like, all you can do is take it day by day. Mm -hmm. Because you don't know what to expect. And yeah. it just, the world doesn't look like how it used to look. And no. that really affects us on deep levels. We've all been in, like, a prolonged trauma mm -hmm. together. Yeah. And it's also hopeful, too, because, you know, you see all the vaccines and stuff like our parents are now getting vaccinated and you know like you're hearing the news that you know the vaccine will be available to everyone starting like may 1st and i'm like okay maybe by the end of the summer things might return to some kind of normalcy mm -hmm. but it's like are we ready like what's that normal gonna even look like it's just so uncertain it gives me anxiety because i'm like I'm not ready for that, but I'm so ready for that. Like we forget the mental toll it takes on people. Yeah. yeah. I think that's one thing that's probably a good thing about 
the last year is it's it's made people you know maybe even forced people to focus on their mental health mm -hmm. and have conversations about it. And I think it makes employers more aware of it and you know people in general just more aware so I think that's yeah. good but it's the mental toll is significant and I think like you know I, I think of even like going to the you know I watch movies and I seriously get uncomfortable if they're too close together yeah me too just like, yeah what is what me in too. the world this is like I'm watching like something like My Best Friend's Wedding, which is a great movie, by the way. It's like it from is. 1995 <laughs> with Julia Roberts. And it I've holds up. I really like that movie. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just like, why are people so close? I know. Like, what are they doing? Even <laughs> no, though with the that movie, thing. they've talked about the gay best friend being problematic. Like that was like the founding thing about how like the problem that the gay best friend completely exists for the straight person. Yeah. Um, but in that movie, like the gay best friend is also a rock star. Like kind of makes the movie, yeah, in a lot of ways. He does. I forgot his actor's name, but he's he's phenomenal Me in that too. movie. There's another movie I watched recently that I felt I felt the same way was A League of Their Own, and I know oh that's a good one. And that's movies like early '90s. It's women's soft. Oh no, women's baseball. Excuse me. It's like during the World War II. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a, it's a great movie, but I also was like, man, people are really kind of close. And this movie's like <laughs> set in like the 1940s, so it's not like it's relative here at all. But yeah. it just I just thinking of that yeah. and the way and how many things you have to think of in life that are going to be impacted by the past mm -hmm. year. Yeah. Well, I think about too how like SVU has still been filming, so they mm -hmm. have episodes that are like full on. Some people have masks on. I'm like, yeah. that's going to be such a cool artifact later. Yeah, it's weird because I watch about. some shows like that too. I'm a big This Is Us fan. Oh, and like, yeah. They, they're very, like, I mean, they're very aware on like social issues. And, but yeah, I mean, they make it like it's in present time. So they're wearing masks. And oh, really? I'm like, this oh. is so weird. Like, this is not supposed to be reality. You yeah. know, it's like, don't do that. Like, let me escape. Like, let me just pretend that. We're not all wearing masks, you know? Like, mm -hmm. it's just so weird. Yeah, I kind of, I don't know if I would like that. I haven't seen shows that done that, mm -hmm. have done that, but I, I don't know if I would like that. I'd be like, <clears throat> okay, like, yeah, I want the escape. Yeah, it's weird. Like, take me to a world that's not this yeah, world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In some way, though, it's like, I found it oddly comforting with SVU to see something that's reflecting our reality, because then you don't get those uncomfortable moments mm -hmm. of, why are those people sitting so close yeah. to each other? Why is this happening? It's like... Okay, everybody is like appropriately yeah. distanced. Yeah. But, it's but just it so does weird. feel weird. We would too. have never thought of that, you know, a year and two days ago. It's just. But it's now just when people binge watch me. SVU, there's going to be a whole season yeah. of people wearing masks. And it's and like, what? People what have to like explain. Yeah. yeah. We'll it's have to weird. explain to future audiences why it's so weird there's a picture of me holding my newborn niece in like august or september i forgot when she was born it sounds bad sorry katie my sister fan mm -hmm. of the show and uh and friend of the show too mm -hmm. but uh i was holding her and i have a mask on and it's just like man i just look back at that photo and be like god this is gonna be so weird for them to mm -hmm. see and be like yeah this is just you were born in 2020 which was a wild wild year and mm -hmm. yeah we had to wear a mask when holding you yeah sad i just kept talking through that i didn't care yeah whatever sirens whatever <laughs> um all right well we're about to the point that we're gonna take a little break and we'll be right back two nuts in a pot is a program dedicated to talking about the real stuff the stigma of mental illness how we tend to our mental health and how our brains define and empower us 
hosted by Lizzie and Emery, Two Nuts in a Pod can be found on podcast streaming devices such as iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and CastBox. In addition to podcast streaming services, Two Nuts in a Pod is a proud member of Forward Radio. 1065 WFMPLP is committed to broadcasting the voices of those groups and individuals in our community who are routinely ignored by the mainstream media, promoting understanding and collaboration among diverse groups, supporting our efforts to network, organize, and strengthen our community and our democracy. Forward Radio is a volunteer-powered, listener-supported station, and we need your contributions. Just go to forwardradio.org to donate or get involved. Okay, we are back. Missed you guys, as always. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Cold and lonely without you. Mm -hmm. But we're back. And before we launch into things, Emery's got a little little promo for us. A promo, yes, indeed. So, as a reminder, we have a Zoom talent show coming up here at Forward Radio. You can sign up at forwardradio.org, and that's for more information or to sign up. And there is a $100 cash prize. Like, not a gift card, but literal just money. We're just going to give you money. Um, so it's going to be during our fourth... So we have a fourth birthday pledge drive because we started airing in April 2017. That's from March 27th through April 9th. And then the talent show is April 10th at 7 p.m. And your talents can be anything. could be singing, dancing, I don't know, chugging yoo-hoos. I don't know, anything. <laughs> yodeling. We talked about yodeling, yodeling earlier. Yeah. It could be... Uh, Spoken word poetry. Could be spoken word poetry. It could be belching. We talked about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so make sure you sign up. Go to forwardradio.org. Cool. All right. So this is the segment of the show where we like to hear from our guest on Aaron, just kind of what your experiences have been. Um, but we'll start off by just like what made you feel comfortable coming on the show? Well... I have, like Emery said earlier, we've known each other for like half of our lives now. <laughs> so I feel really comfortable with Emery and I've followed your all's podcast since you all started and I've always been really excited and I've been a huge mental health advocate and I just feel like it's not, it's not as taboo as it used to be to talk about, thank God, but I still feel like it doesn't get the attention that it deserves and needs. Um, so I've put myself out there because of Emory before <laughs> in front of a audience of strangers at an event. Um, so I was like, well, why not come here? Like no one can see me except you guys. So figured I might as well come and talk about it here. So that was great, by the way, the semicolon event mm-hmm. that was in 2019. Erin mm-hmm. got up on stage and just poured her soul out, and I was, like, so there for it. Yep. All the performers that day were so amazing. Yeah. I broke down. I was like, don't do it. Don't cry. Don't cry. But I made it through. It was good. Yeah. Well, we're really psyched that you're on the show. I'm happy so to be here. can you kind of start with what your experience has been with mental health issues? Like mm-hmm. when did they start and how have you coped with them? Just kind yeah. of basically where did it all start? It's really hard to like completely pinpoint where it started, but I would like to say that it started once I had my child and it may have, it may have begun. There might've been some things there before, Um, but I mean, I had a happy, healthy childhood. I did pretty well in school. I made it through college, you know, 
somehow. I don't know how, but I did. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, I got married really young. I got married at 23. Um, I think I, I don't think I had actually graduated from UofL then. I think it was like the year I was graduating. Um, So I was 23 and we had been dating since I was 20, I think. And so we were both young and dumb and you know, stupid, immature, and we just thought we would just start our lives together, Uh, bought a house nine months after we got married, got a dog, got a little puppy, and uh, my husband was working third shift at the time, and of course I was, you know, working days, so we never saw each other, and uh like, we both always, you know, we drank. I was more of, like, a social drinker, but uh, he struggled with alcoholism really bad. And his dad was an alcoholic, so it ran in his family. It was a genetic kind of thing. It's a disease. It was horrible. And I thought, you know, as he grew older, it would kind of uh, get better with time. I was like, you know, maybe once he, you know, gets more mature and grows he'll get you know get through it you know that's just me being naive well and in your early 20s like a lot of people drink hardcore in their early 20s and you just figure a lot of people grow out of it Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and so we you know we decided we wanted to start our family so I was 27 when I got pregnant with our son and uh, once our son was born it just his alcoholism just went downhill. Mm. And, um, I mean, it's a disease. Like, you can't really control it. I mean, you can get help for it. Um, But he, and, you know, he would seek out help, but he would never really follow through. And that was just, like, the disease pulling him back. And so we went through a lot of uh, trials and tribulations, to put it kindly, in uh, the first year of our son's life, um, which actually led to me uh, attempting to take my own life right after my son turned one. And Mm. it was a really messy, really hard summer for, thankfully my son was young enough to where he doesn't, he didn't know what was going on. He was an infant at the time. And um, it was hard on my family and my friends that had to watch me go through all of this and they couldn't really do anything about it, just watch them from afar. And you can only give so, someone so much advice, you know? So they were just kind of standing by the sidelines and I was just doing my own thing. And then uh, him and I decided to separate uh, in the fall after that tumultuous summer. Uh, we separated for about five months and I moved in with my friend Sarah which I was just talking to you about earlier um she's my best friend and she took me and my son in and I just kind of went a little crazy there for a little bit (laughs) and then uh so well let me rewind just a little bit so (laughs) after I had my son I had him cesarean. I had a C-section with my son. I had to go back to work four weeks after I had him. 
Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. That's fast. Because they messed up, or I messed up my short-term disability. It was a pre-existing condition, so I did not qualify for short-term disability. And, you know, just like many other millennial couples, people in general, we were living paycheck to paycheck, and we had this newborn baby. And I'm like, well, I got to go back to work. So I remember going back, going to my, you know, checkup at my gynecologist, my OBGYN, and she's like, are you sure you're okay to go back to work? I'm like, I don't have a choice. Like, I got to go. And I had never been on medication for, you know, mental disorders or anything. Never seen a therapist before. Actually, I take that back. I think... I think my husband and I had seen like a therapist or two mm-hmm. in our marriage before Max. So the uh, the OBGYN was very empathetic and she was like, you know, can I put you on something to help, you know, maybe take some stress off? And I'm like, I don't want meds. I don't want it. And I was breastfeeding too. So, you know, obviously they were going to make sure it was something safe to take. So I was like, okay, I'll try it. Because I knew it was going to be hard. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I might as well. Like, because I was a mess. My hormones were up and down and crazy. So I got on, I think, Zoloft back then. And then I sought out a therapist for myself. So went back to work. And it was tough. And then, you know, our relationship, my husband and I relationship was just drowning. It was horrible. And, um... So, you know, we did the little separation. We reconciled. I was still seeing my therapist. I was still taking medication. Um, And then at some point in the first two years of my son's, after he was born, I was diagnosed with bipolar because I was having some very manic episodes, which I want to to contribute to uh, my spouse's problem because I was uh, very hyper aware of what was going on behind the scenes, like where he was at, um, just the lying, the gaslighting, just things like that is just very toxic. So, um, so fast forward to 2020 and the world shuts down and, you know, we're just struggling to get by and you know, we we have our good days, we have our bad days, but at the end of the day, those bad moments, they they outweigh the good moments. And so somehow I found the strength inside of me this past year. I was like, I got to get out of this because I was at home with him and our son and it was not, it was not healthy. And And at this point, you know, our son had just turned four and I'm like... I got to get him out of this because this isn't healthy. I mean, he can't see he can't see mom like this. He can't see dad like this. I want him to see mom and dad healthy and happy. Mm-hmm. And if that's not together, then that's fine. Um, divorce is not as traumatic as people want to make it out to be. And you don't have to stay together for the kids. And I think that's when I finally realized that divorce is not the end of the world. And I don't know what gave me the strength. But I finally was like, enough is enough. And so Max and I lived with my mom for about a month in her one-bedroom apartment because he was stubborn. He didn't want to leave the uh, the house. And, um, and so now we have our own apartment, Max and I, and 
my ex, soon-to-be ex-husband, he's still <laughs> legally my husband, um, he has his own apartment, so we're splitting custody right now with our son and just trying to co-parent as best as we can. Uh, some some weeks are better than others, but uh, we're just kind of taking it day by day. <laughs> wow. So. For, um, just, just out of curiosity and... Feel free if you don't feel comfortable answering. You don't have mm-hmm. to, of course. But with with so you said you were you attempted suicide mm-hmm. a year after your, when your son was one, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, have you? I know he's only like four and a half years old now. Mm-hmm. Have you initiated any conversations with him about maybe not about that subject, but maybe about like mental health in general or? Uh, how, I don't even know how to initiate those conversations. Yeah. They're a little tricky. It's really hard, especially at that age, because they're learning about emotions. Yeah. Because he's always, if I'm, if I get aggravated with him and, you know, my voice gets stern, he's like, Mommy, are you happy? And I'm like, how do I answer that? You know, because mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not happy in that moment, but I don't want to be like, no, your mom's pissed off because you pissed me off, you know, but I don't <laughs> yeah. want to say, yeah, I'm happy. Like, I'm always happy. And I've said that before. <laughs> I've said that to him before. And I'm like, that's stupid. Like, why? Because the whole reason you got out of this relationship was basically for him and myself, obviously. But it was like, it's it's like, no, son, I'm not happy. But no, it's not really your fault. You yeah. frustrated me. You know, I try to get to his level because, you know, they're these little people and they're just trying to understand this big world around them. And mm-hmm. at this point, he knows so many words and he repeats those words and he goes to school and he repeats those words. <laughs> yeah. And those teachers have conversations with me. So it's like, you be real careful what you say. <laughs> yes. And he loves saying those words. So uh, he's very hyper aware of my emotions and what I say. I mean, I can be in the other room with my friend on speakerphone and he'll say, mommy, aunt Sarah said a bad word and he's watching TV. I'm like, mind your own business, kid. Like (laughs) this is an adult conversation. (laughs) See your way out. So, uh, I just try to be really mindful because it's like, you're not going to be happy all the time and it's okay to have those big feelings. And he is a boy. And, you know, like, um, men are, it's, it's hard for men to be vulnerable when it comes to mental health and emotions because they've always been taught to suppress them. And I just want him to know that it's okay to cry. It's okay to have feelings. It's okay to like pink or whatever. Like, I just want him to be his own person. Mm-hmm. Like, I want him to be weird and unique and different and... And scary and creepy. And scary and creepy, <laughs> because that makes him unique and different. Yeah. He's cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I um, I just try to be mindful about, and I'm not perfect by any means, trust me. I, I go, I lose my stuff sometimes, but um, he just, he sees an imperfect mother that is just trying to be happy at the end of the day. At least that's what I'm trying to perceive. You're just trying your best, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, survival mode. <laughs> so, with the suicide attempt, was it was it postpartum? That <clears throat> it was a lot of different factors. Have to do with it? Yeah. yeah, it was it was postpartum, on top of like loneliness and isolation, which actually led to an affair on my my part with the coworker, and I had came clean about it to him, and it got ugly. 
Hmm. And I I expected it to, but at the same time, it's like I didn't want to have that secret. I wanted it. I wanted to be done with it, and I wanted to be open and honest about it. And so, just the way that confession was handled just went off the rails, hmm. and I was like, I don't want to live this life anymore. Yeah, like just take me out, please. Hmm. And so. Uh, it was, it, you know, I think about it now when I reflect back on it, I'm like, maybe it was a cry for help, but, and, but then I'm like, maybe I really did want to end my life. You know, I don't think anybody really, really wants to end their life. I mean, everybody's different. I don't think I ever really, really wanted to end my life because I had a kid, Mm -hmm. but in that moment I did, I was like, this is the end of the world for me. And but now I'm like, it wasn't. It's just the beginning. Just a minor setback. Mm-hmm. That's so. what people don't realize with suicide is that it is a moment. Yeah. You know, and it's in your brain isn't working in the typical rational ways it usually does. Mm-hmm. Like you're overcome with emotion. Yeah. Like I've, I've never attempted, but I've had a lot of suicidal ideation to mm-hmm. the point where I'm like very familiar with what my brain feels like when it gets in that mode. Yeah. And it's just dark and it's scary mm-hmm. and like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Even though, you know, you have all these options at your fingertips. I mean, I was actively seeking therapy. I was on medication. I had a great support system, but I just felt like that was my only option at the time. It was very, yeah. it was a very, very dark couple days. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm glad it didn't happen. Um, but I'm also grateful that I was able to go through that and come out on the other side. Yeah. So it was a life lesson. So. Makes, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, it makes you realize you're, you've survived your worst days. Yeah. Yeah. I was just mm-hmm. going to ask, with the Zoloft, have, has that been something that you've continued with? Has that been helpful? I have literally been on every drug you can ever Me too, imagine. girl. You and Lizzie can talk together Me here. Me too. Yeah. I have been <laughs> on Because now, everything. literally, you said Zoloft, and I'm like, I've been thinking about trying that again lately. Yeah, maybe, maybe this is a sign. Maybe I should try Zoloft too, again. Because I've, I've gone back on, like, my note. Because I try to, like, document, you know, whenever I start, like, a new medication. And I'm like... I was happier on Zoloft. I was skinny on Zoloft. I'm like, I'm just fat and unhappy now. Plus, exactly. (laughs) And it's like, uh, I've been on everything. Like, I'm like, no, no, doc, this ain't working. Like, no, doc, I don't like this. And then uh, the one medication that actually really, really worked for me was Lamictal. Oh, I've taken that before. But, but... I had an allergic reaction to it oh, where no. my whole body broke out into a rash. Jeez, you're like, I feel great, but yeah. my entire body's yeah. a rash. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Like I was I was good for like two weeks and then you up your dose like gradually. And once I upped my dose, it was yeah. like I was like, What's happening to me? Like my arms were just covered and it was crazy. And like I even had like this weird like What's the black part of your eye? The cornea? Oh, like your pupil? Pupil. What's the cornea? The cornea is like the outside of okay. your eye. Yeah. <laughs> so my one one time I was at work, and this was right after the lamictal allergic reaction, my right pupil was dilated. Ugh. Like it looked like I had 
gotten my eyes dilated, but just in this one eye. The other one was normal. I looked like a space creature. It freaked me out. And you probably felt really weird, too. I did. I felt like I was on acid or something. Like, it was just weird. But, yeah, so... Like I said, I've been on every drug imaginable. I'm I'm on just one antidepressant now, Wellbutrin, uh, and it's been fine. I was off of medication for most of 2020. Oh, geez. Yeah. What a time to yeah. be off of medication. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, after shortly after I filed for divorce in August, I was like, well, time to get back on some drugs because I cannot do this unmedicated. Yeah. Like, I can't. I needed something because I was losing it. Mm-hmm. I was starting to, like, self-destruct. I was pushing everyone away. I was doing good for a while. I thought I was. But, you know, my therapist was like, Aaron, like, what's wrong with you? Like, why? Why would you stop taking your meds? And I'm like, I'm fine. She's like, get back on your meds. I'm like, Yes, master. (laughs) You know, you are in control. Yeah, I've always I had a period of a few years where I was off of meds. But otherwise, my whole adult life, I have needed to be on some sort of medication. Mm -hmm. Um, And I haven't found my magic, my magic pill. I'm, I'm still like, does anybody I'm still kind of holding out for it though like last episode I said no I'm giving up on it there's no magic pill but mm-hmm. I still want to believe in it I still want to believe that of, there's yeah there's some kind of there's cocktail some combination that works for everybody or for each each person like not everything's gonna work for the same person but yeah meds are complicated and those side effects and getting off of it oh it's the worst it's a roller coaster mm-hmm. for sure that's why I was like I don't want to be on anything I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. healed. <laughs> yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> Never. No. Um, okay, so we're getting to the point of the episode where we need to switch over and talk about some gratitudes. Mm-hmm. So what are the things that are making us happy, giving us life? Um, we talk a lot about the bad stuff on the show, so this is a chance to talk about the good stuff. What is, what is going well? Um, so Emery, I'm going to pick on you first. Gratitudes. Okay, sure. I would say going well. Um, I was really happy with how I responded to the news of going back to work. Um, initially, I was like, "No, this is terrible," but then I just kind of redirected and reframed it, and it was. Now I think it's pretty positive and beneficial. And so that's one. Uh, second one would be the new cat tree that I bought for Floyd, my cat. <laughs> I bought him like a five foot tall cat tree and it's got like a boat theme to it. There's like a little like, you know, like the, the wheel on a boat or whatever. The What is that wheel called? I don't know. The steering wheel. Did you call it the steering wheel? That's for I cars. Think it's, no, there's got to be some fancy boat word for some it. Some fancy mm. boat word, whatever. But you all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and there's like little fishes on it and stuff. And he... At first, he was a little skeptical, you know, a little like, what is this thing? And then one night, I couldn't find him anywhere, and I turned on the light to the office because the, the cat tree's in the office, and I just found him snugged up in one of the little uh, holes in there. He was just, like, Aww. all curled up. And I was like, oh, he got in there by himself. Aww. Like, he initiated it. <laughs> so I was really happy with that. And so that's two. And then third one, I had a good conversation with a friend uh, who was um, – you know, just wanted to have a conversation with me about something that had, was upsetting them. And I just always really appreciate that when people, you know, have the guts to just 
come out and say something like, hey, like this is kind of bothering me or this is upsetting me and I want you to hear it and can we talk about it? And I always appreciate that because I feel like miscommunication happens all the time. I feel like almost every movie or TV show we watch, we're just like, okay, this would be better if people knew how to communicate, right? Mm-hmm. And, and this is just such a, it's such a, and it's not easy a lot of times for men to do that. Um, you know, we've been, as you talked about earlier, like, you know, mm-hmm. we've been socially conditioned to suppress emotions and feelings and not talk about things and just get drunk and fight or whatever. <laughs> like, and, you know, so it was nice to have another, you know, man do that and say like, Hey, like, I want to talk about this. And they addressed it with me. And I really appreciated that because that doesn't always happen. And I think it's a good learning lesson for me. And it just, uh, I admire and respect that someone that can do that. And it makes me say like, okay, what are times in my life where like, maybe I should just go up to the guy or whoever I'm with and just be like, Hey man, like this is really bothering me. Can we talk about this? You know, and just and do it that way, as opposed to be like, I'm going to hold these feelings in until I die. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'd say those three things I'm grateful for. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think of mine. I guess something that's in the forefront of my mind is I'm just very thankful for friends who are good at, like, pulling me out of my isolation our friend Devin is really amazing about that. I think like he's been texting me like every every Friday just like, "Hey, what are we doing? What's going on?" and it's just nice to have somebody who takes the initiative because mm-hmm. I'm really bad with my social anxiety. I'm really bad at taking the initiative with like hanging out with people and and making that happen. And so mm-hmm. having people like Devin in my life who do go out of their way to just include people Mm -hmm. and just try to bring people together. I'm super grateful for that. And my sister has served that role a lot for me in the past. Right now she's got a new baby, so she's in her own Mm -hmm. little world. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm very thankful for people just pulling me out of my shell. And in the same way, I'm thankful for my mom for just like texting me randomly like, hey, honey, like, I was thinking about this. How are you doing? Like, just people who pull me out of my own mm. funk. Mm. Yes. Because yeah. I, I can really just get into it. And if I don't have those little, like, lifelines, then I feel like I could really get untethered. Mm-hmm. But I'm lucky to have enough people in my life who are just consistently pulling me back in mm-hmm. and making me feel connected. And I've realized that that is a core value I have is just like connecting with people mm-hmm. um, that I don't feel good unless I feel really connected with the people around me and with my community. And so uh, that's something that I've been trying to pay attention to. And it's interesting that someone with social anxiety can also have this like really core part of me that like wants to be around people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just this dichotomy that I have to live with mm-hmm. is that I need people desperately. And I also have a lot of social anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really hard. But I think I've negotiated it by, you know, finding scenarios where I'm comfortable and people that I'm comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And just once I find those people, I just lock them down. I just mm-hmm. don't let them get away from me. Yeah. <laughs> like, good luck trying to get out of my <laughs> grasp. We're going to be friends forever. Yeah. 
even the yeah. initiation part like i i struggle with that like initiating like hangouts or whatever so like i'm just always so glad when someone does it yeah I'm just like yeah i do want to hang out but i just i guess it's almost like i assume like people don't want to hang out with me so i'm not going to initiate it which is not true it's a story i tell myself but it's a very convincing story <laughs> that too. i've been telling myself for decades <laughs> so yeah. it just isn't helpful yeah what about you aaron gratitudes well i it makes me sad hearing you all talk about all these social things because like i really don't have a lot of people here um i was just telling emory uh when we were on break my best friend sarah she lives in florida she's coming into town this week so i'm really grateful for that mm -hmm. but i literally talk to her on the phone every single day like there's not a day that goes by where i do not talk to my sarah wow and it's just amazing that like you know usually like long distance friendships kind of fizzle out after a while but no like i think ours has like grown grown stronger mm. and i like want to bring her back and keep her and like never let her go because mm -hmm. she's like my person like she gets me I called her on the way here I was like I'm calling you because I don't think I've spoken to anyone today I'm about to be on a podcast and I don't want to sound stupid <laughs> so like talk talk me off my ledge please <laughs> like let me get these vocal cords warmed up yeah. like and so uh I, I'm definitely grateful for her I'm grateful for my mom because she's the only person here Family-wise, friend-wise, she's my friend and my mom. She's Aww. great. Paula. Paula, yes. <laughs> she friended Emery because she's like, I like him. He's just he posts the cutest things, and I'm like, I love him too. Like he's just great. Let's all be. I even I was like, Hey, my mom's gonna send you a friend request. I hope that's okay. I did, I did remember seeing that message. I was like, All right. <laughs> she just really likes you. She's a fan, <laughs> and so. Uh, you know, my mom's just, she's great. She's very unique and quirky, but I was real, like I said, I was really sick last week and I thought I was going to die. And I'm actually, you know, grateful for Max's dad. I can say Max's dad now because it's weird to say soon to be ex-husband, ex, you know, like, we're, you know, whatever. But Max's dad actually stepped up last week too and helped me with Max because I was literally on my deathbed. So that was good, and he's very close now, which is weird. He's 0.8 miles away. Hmm. Wow. We got apartments on That's opposite sides. That's convenient, though. Yeah, it very it really it really yeah. is. I was I texted him like at six o'clock on Thursday morning. I was like, "Can you please pick up Max and take him to school?" Even though school is literally in between our apartments, I was just like, "I can't get up and go." So I guess I'm also thankful for my health and that I don't have COVID and I didn't die this yeah. week. <laughs> Yeah. Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> Very thankful for that. But yeah. Wow. All right. Well, that's our time for today. Thank you so much for being on the show, Aaron. Thanks for it's having been wonderful. Me. It was fun. Very great. All right, guys. Keep talking about your feelings. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Two Nuts in a Pod on Forward Radio. Please keep in mind that we are not mental health professionals, and all of our opinions are based on our personal experiences. If you'd like to speak to a trained professional, call National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. Original theme music for Two Nuts in a Pod was composed by Neil Lucas.